Welcome to E20. We are your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We give you weekly roundups of Walford life, including some interesting segments. I'm the inner gay voice telling Jono to just embrace his homosexual relationship with Phil, Connor. And I'm Emma, just like Jay. The sun isn't my friend either. What have we got coming up this week, Connor? Well, Emma, we have your weekly roundup where we're going to be talking everything from Bex, Ballum and Detective Denise. You're also going to give me a bit of a quiz on last week's Tenable, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. And guess what? It comes from 2016. So good luck. Fabulous. And in honour of our new arrivals, we take a look back at those memorable first impressions that newcomers gave us. And of course, as always, we have your Hero of the Week, the first ever to be voted for on Twitter. And you've also voted for Who Needs a Slap and Down? But first... Here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den! I've killed Mum like I killed Lucy! Hello, Princess. You bitch! You cow! Mick! Ricky! Hope you enjoyed the fireworks! Good night! So, as you may know, we have just joined the 21st century. Yes, we've finally done it, Emma. We finally got Twitter and Instagram. I can't believe it took us so long. Yeah, that Costa day um, was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I had a few breakdowns, but, you know, the hot chocolates and that. Cramped on that tiny little desk, typing away. (laughs) We felt the need to sit very close together with a big laptop. It was so funny. And then it was like, oh, actually, the upload's not working for some reason. It just wouldn't do anything, though. And it was really annoying us. Oh, it was fun, though. We did have a good laugh. Such a good laugh. And thank you to anyone who's followed us so far. Yes. If you haven't already, though, you can find us on Twitter at E20Podcast and Instagram at E20 underscore podcast. Yes, please do follow us. Take part in every moment you can. Yes, we have Hero of the Week, yeah. Slappin' Dan, you know, the classics. Yeah, and if you've got any suggestions for segments or anything, feel free to comment them. So normally now we would talk about what we're eating during the podcast, wouldn't we? But we can't do that this week. No. And why is that? Because we've devoured all of the treats in one go. We've ate everything before we've even started. (laughs) (laughs) It's just gone. All the brownies wolfed down. And my dad made brownies again. So if you listened to last week, you would know Connor is obsessed with... Oh my God, they are like... He's like absolutely a new man now he's had them. If I was rainy, they're my paracetamols. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he took a doggy bag home. I might put that on Instagram. Oh, you have to do that picture. I took a photo of him with his little doggy bag. I got a text later on that night, like, I'll eat them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating them watching his standards. Perfect snack. But we've ate so many today, there's actually none left to take home today. Yeah, we've devoured them all. <laughs> Big sorry to my mum and dad who are probably looking forward to eating some when they come home. Yeah, none left. <laughs> Duh. Duh. So, what are we going to be talking about this week, Emma? Well, first, we're going to kick off with Detective Denise. Oh my God. Can we just talk about the fact that if she's the detective, she needs to look back at her past and tell us where her detective skills come from. Because it wasn't very good with her husband's (laughs) it. All of her partners. Wasn't she with like a really violent domestic abuser at one point? Then she was with a murderer. Yeah, Um, and then he locked her. Yeah. (laughs) Was it the cellar or something, you know? Kept her hidden. (laughs) She's not exactly who I would probably hire if I was looking for detectives. But... I was going to say, but she is onto something. She is. 
Detective Denise is truly onto something now. I am with her. I'm definitely with her. Uh, like, I'm sorry, that charade is up to no, no good. I mean, maybe one does not. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I don't know, but now definitely I'm like, Cherie. Mm. I'm like, I don't know about Wanda because now I think maybe she is just a little old lady and doesn't like. What happens if Cherie was the one that killed Wanda's husband? Husband, I think so. Yeah, I think that is what's happened because she was so quick to defend her mom and say it was just a, a you know an accident or a misunderstanding or something. I was like, mm, but you would also want to say that if you were the killer. And every time she knew Denise was thinking about it, she was asking like, "Are you still thinking about that?" And constantly coming up with yeah. other reasons for things. Maybe. Ooh. Everyone was wrong about Wanda being the Black Widow. What yes. is Cherie is? I love that I did that like movement there as well. Cherie's the Black <laughs> the Widow. Drag race Crickle. there, aren't you? Yeah. With your, your tiger. <laughs> Been a region <Tiger>. park. <laughs> oh, I love that movement. <laughs> but yes, and then poor Jack is just trying to like get on with his job and ignore all of this. And Denise is like, no, no, she's evil. She's evil. And I so agree. That creepy phone call, Emma, what was that with Cherie? It was so brief as well. Yes. I need to know more. She's up to no good. I just love Denise's obsession and the fact she said that there was articles about (laughs) that. Was it Wanda's husband fell down the stairs and she was like, I find that a bit suspicious. Well, we agree because if you watch The Staircase, you will also understand. Oh my God, that documentary. Yeah, she just fell down the stairs like 20 times. And smashed her head like like 20 times. Come on. Oh, sorry, there was an owl. Remember the owl? Oh, yeah, sorry. That was the other theory. An owl. An owl attacked this woman. If you haven't already watched The Staircase and don't know what we're talking about, go to Netflix, type in The Staircase, and spend the next week just watching the entire series because it is absolutely hilarious. I think we need Denise on that case, to be fair. Well, Detective Denise would have solved that in an instant. So we've seen Beck struggling with pressure the past few weeks. And no one's actually stopped to ask her if she's all right. And I mean, really, Bex has been through a lot. Yeah, I feel like no one has actually checked up on her since Shaquille died. Yeah. And if you noticed, a downward spiral kind of started then. Yeah, I think so too. Because she was obviously very close to him. Yeah, they were together at one point. They were were considering getting back together as well at this point. And then he, he obviously died and it was really horrific. But then I think the story kind of focused more on Keegan's journey with that. Yeah, yeah, it did. And weirdly, you would have thought it would have been the opposite. You would have went with Bex, the person who's very close to him. Yeah, I thought it might have shown both of them. A bit, mm. Well, especially Bex a bit more. Yeah. But it did just focus solely on Keegan. Yeah, and uh, Shaquille's kind of man. brushed over Bex. Yeah. I don't know if it was intentional. For this, for this to, yeah, to run maybe, up to this. You never know. Maybe. But with the change in producers, I don't believe so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right. I think it probably started there. This like... Yeah, because then she's been on the run since then because she was struggling so badly. Yeah. She started taking those pills. Yeah. She started to get obsessed with Kush at one point and started doing yeah, strange that. things. That was a bit odd. And no one seems to have took any of that into consideration and just sat her down and chatted. I know. And then obviously, on top of all of those things she's been through, we've seen now that she is struggling with the idea of going into uni and struggling with the pressure, which I think is so relevant. Everyone struggles with pressure from time to time, especially young people, uh, whether it's homework or whether it's exams or essays or going on to do new things. And if you think it's it's Oxford, you want to be the top, you want to be the best, but you might have that pressure of, 
am I as good as everyone else? Exactly. Moving away from home for the first time as well. She's mm-hmm. straight That's out massive. of school going there. That's a big thing. Yeah, I think it's something that everyone has just taken for granted in EastEnders. Yeah, like I Sonia, think Martin, everyone's just everyone's not thinking really thought about it. Oxford, 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 Oxford. And yeah. that's all they're thinking. They're not thinking, how does Bex feel about this? Yeah. Does Bex want to go here? Yeah. What other options are there for Bex if yeah. she didn't? Like, no one said that to her the entire time. And I'm like, oh, she just needs someone to say, look, Bex, you don't have to worry too much because no matter what choice you make, there will be other options. There will always be, you know, some new direction for you to take. There are multiple directions. Yeah, she could even take a year out and then yeah. go next year when she feels a bit more confident exactly. and comfortable to go. I liked what you said to me um, earlier on when we were talking off Oh, a microphone. little bit behind the scenes. <laughs> but when we were, like, talking, you said maybe if she just had, like, a, a break, like a year where she... Uh, a gap year or something. Yeah. You you start to understand what you want to do and where you want to go a bit more and you get to do other things yeah and that kind of cements in your mind that what's right for you yeah this is the direction i want to go it's the right so maybe she just needed that maybe they could have chatted to her about other options because there's so many options yeah and i mean beck seems like the kind of person who like she would have multiple offers from anywhere yeah so like actually if it was even just the case that she didn't want to go to oxford because it's just too you know, too overwhelming, that that kind of idea. She could have went to another university. Yeah, and I think Sonia doesn't realise the pressure she put on her about yeah. saying Oxford about 300 times an episode. Yeah, oh my God, I love Son. I don't hate Son. Oh, no, no, but come on. But God, Dr. Son is clearly not a therapist or anything because she's <laughs> not noticed, not noticed all There's of this. one thing she can't do. No, she can do everything else. Perform tracheotomies <laughs> in the pub. She can perform, you know, CPR, like recovery positions, but she can't do therapy. If you think Lisa came around to chat to her because she yes. she had noticed Bex. Finally, someone yeah. had took into consideration how Bex was feeling and wasn't just thinking, Oxford. Yeah. Oh, dazzling. Yeah. Like, and yet, the only thing Sonia could think of was, do you think Bex should take a Michael Bublé sticker book? I don't oh, think she should be taking I that. I know. I know. Like, that was just, like, the worst. I was so confused for many different reasons. I mean, fabulous line, first and foremost, but, yeah, like... Yeah, I didn't know she liked Michael Bublé, no. so that was interesting. <laughs> but also, what relevance did that have to the conversation, Sonia? Yes. Like, that is not what Lisa's trying to tell you. Lisa's saying, Bex needs help. And it kind of just went straight over her head. Mm-hmm. A bit like Robbie, when oh, Bex, the, uh-huh. other, the other week, was talking to Robbie. Have you ever felt so numb? Yeah, maybe if I've you know, worked hard that day. No, Robbie, that's not what she means. She needs help, and everyone's just not listening. Even Nana Carol, because she was on the other day as well, saw her, well, heard her. I bet you were thrilled. Oh, God. If anyone's listening, you've probably picked up by now. I do not like Carol. (laughs) She's the worst mother in the world, the worst grandmother in the world. She's dreadful as a human being, makes the worst choices. (laughs) (laughs) And you just love Carol. I just, I just hate her. Honestly, I really do. Oh my god! I mean, fabulous actress who plays her, but oh, yeah, yeah. hate the character. And she's on the phone saying, "I really miss you, Grandma," and is crying and clearly upset. No one around her is picking up on this. And Carol is just like, "I miss you too, sweetheart." Okay, Carol. Great. Great. Well done. Well done. <laughs> That'll help, Bex. Oh. Words of wisdom there. But, obviously, 
we had the the ending to this story, the crescendo of it, and it yes, all started yes, with a party, a good old fashioned East Enders party. And we all love a good party in the Vic. You've got the classic music, you know, your dancing queen, yeah, come on, Eileen. Oh, absolute classics. Don't know if they would be Bex's choices, but uh, no. Well, they were great. she's either a Michael Bublé fan or <laughs> gothic death metal from her blue hair days. Do you know what I mean? See, I kind of had her down as Adele now. Probably somewhere in between, actually. That yeah. kind of fits in quite well. <laughs> but yeah, it brought with some of the best scenes ever. Well, Sonia sang Dancing Queen. Oh, Sonia singing Dancing Queen. Then we had Jay and Stuart up there as oh, well. Oh, yeah, a duet from the brothers-in-laws-to-be, maybe. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They can all put on a party. They can. However, Pop Bex is just floating around in the background. And no one notices no. yet again. Lisa, again, is the only person who stops that and says something like, you know, Bex, you can't get help. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. This is like... Finally. This is what she needs. But then Louise yeah. gets told to call Bex by Lisa because Lisa's obviously spotted this. And Louise is like, no. Nah. Yeah, she's too busy with Keanu and the baby. So thank God for Lisa. Yeah, but even then... But even then, that wasn't enough. She it was too late. She, it was too late, and when she went over... Because as Bex pretty much said on the stage, she'd made her mind up. Yeah, I know. And it's sad as well, because there were so many warning signs. Because it's like you say, she had made her mind up. There were so many warning signs prior to this. I mean, packing up for Oxford, she was giving everything away. A guitar was going, like, all of this stuff. Everything was gone. And, like, Sonia was like, don't forget your past. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but... Are you not picking up on the fact that this is not about forgetting her past because she's moving away? This is about closing a chapter, namely her life, and yeah, you're yeah. not even paying attention. Again, bad Sonia moments. But it then brought her to the most haunting scene ever in EastEnders like, history. Well, oh, it was chilling, it was wasn't so, it? So, so dark, where you've got Bex in a dark room writing out her goodbye note to her family and... It was her face as she was doing so, it. Like, it was so, so settled. Like, mm. I've made up my mind. This and that it. was, oh. It was so real. Heartbreaking. It was, it was very good. It was so, so real, so needed, um, and definitely relevant to today. Oh, absolutely. It could help loads of people. Yeah. And then she takes the pills, and it transitions into that music, which... Mm. Interesting choice. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the music. I'm not a fan of the music. Now, I can see why they've done it. Mm-hmm. Totally I know they agree. want that cinematic effect mm-hmm. because that's what people go for these days. I yeah. totally get that with the whole Netflix generation and everything. Yeah, everyone loves cinema. However, my preference mm-hmm. would have been for it to be silent. I agree. Maybe hearing a, a breath as well, getting mm-hmm. that whole final, kind of pretty thing. much fading out. But the music, mm, Yeah, because to me... It's a strange choice. It was a strange choice. To me, visuals were fab. Oh, the visuals were excellent, yeah. Really good, that transition... But the music for me didn't feel EastEnders and no, so it detached me from it. It did with me because I feel like when you're watching them and it's real, you can relate. Yeah. You're in there. Yeah. But when they put music I to mean, it, if they I feel like I'm at the like, cinema and now I am detached. Yeah. Imagine if they did that music when, say, Little Mo got beaten up by Trevor. That would totally detach you from that situation. Exactly. It starts to become less real yeah. and less realistic yeah. when they add music. It's, and it's, it's meant to be real. Yeah. And it's only something you see in like, your dramas, as in your casualties and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And your Netflix stuff. But not a soap. Not, I wasn't a fan of that. And I kind of felt like. It took away a bit from Bex's moment because, like you say, maybe if they'd had something where it's her breathing, 
it would be more focused still on her. Because, I mean, that song's not relevant to Bex. It's not her singing it. It's got no relevance to her at all. It's not like a special tune made for her because that was another thing. I thought, if you're going to do music, why not try a Julia's sort of tune where instead of like, uh, you know, the normal EastEnders tune, you've you've manipulated, made it cool and uh, like, you know, eerie and stuff like that and made it special to Bex and then played it out during that. Um, that would have probably been more effective than... Yeah, yeah. That, even that would be more preferable yeah, than Mad World. Because it would still be EastEnders. To me, I wasn't a fan of the music. I wasn't a fan at all. But then obviously day breaks and the news hits the square as it always does. And Sonia unfortunately finds Bex in bed and can't move or isn't moving. Um, and Dr. Sonia's always springs in action there she is she's fantastic she springs in action she's got her in the recovery position hospital's on the way clear her airways before the ambulance crew even gets in if it's you fabulous. think this helps our point from episode one where we were like sonia's always there isn't she She is yeah she is always there she is she is like i don't know what she is i i honestly think she's like some sort of mythic figure now she seems to always be there <laughs> right at the right moments to save everyone <laughs> oh it's just fabulous sonia so then we go to the hospital yes Thankfully, they found Bex in, in enough time. time. But Max was there with mm. Sonia. Obviously, Stuart came later. You had yeah. Tiff there. Mm. Whitney was there as well, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, Whitney was in the room, I think, at one point. I think she was the one who phoned the ambulance, so I presume she was at the hospital as well. But I just find it weird. Max was there. I know they're related, but they hardly talk. Well, I thought that actually the selection of people who were there were a bit odd anyway. Whitney, yeah. I don't think, is very, very close with Bex. I don't think... Um, Tiffany's very close with with Bex. I mean, she's she's friends. They're cousins or whatever. Like, but I don't imagine them like best friends. They're not like Louise and Bex. Louise should have really been there from the start like to the end. We all got why Stuart was there because he is actually yeah. quite close to Bex. He talks to Bex all the time. Yeah, Max was having the hump with that. Yeah. And I was thinking, Max, oh I know you're related, hun, but you're hardly ever there. Yeah, I'm sorry. You hardly ever see her. Certainly don't know what she's been through compared to Stuart, who has actually, at points, tried to help her. Exactly. Or Max is Actually, a good about. shout out to Stuart there, because he has noticed things. Mm-hmm. Probably not True. to the extent he should have. Yeah. But he did notice when she took the pills. He did. And actually, unlike Max, who literally only cares about two things at the moment, or three if you class Ruby as well, Abby and Rainy. They yeah. seem to be the only two things that he's constantly talking about or constantly involved in in any of the scenes. I've never seen him in a Beck scene, actually, for no. a while. To so be I, fair, I only just found out he's back with Ruby the other episode because I thought it was a split up. It was so weird, yeah. And so I thought that was odd for Max to be like, you know, full cannons aimed at Stuart for just trying to be there for someone who Stuart actually generally cares about. And then, obviously, she does survive. She's woken up and her first words are, I'm sorry. And I was just like, oh. No, I love you. Like, like this is why I love Bex because she doesn't even think about herself one bit. It's always about how it's going to affect everyone else. I mean, she even left a note to say sorry to them all, as if like, you know, feel it still feeling bad for what she's about to do. That's what I love about Bex. She puts everyone else before herself. Yeah, she's selfless. Yeah, she really is. And then another thing that this has led to... Is Martin coming back. Martin's coming back. Yes, coming back in his brand new leather jacket that he's bought on the run, clearly having a great time. Can we just talk about the fact that he is on the run when no one (laughs) is chasing him? 
I love it. I love the fact they're still in hiding, yet Phil thinks it's cat, doesn't even care anymore. Yeah. But they're no like, one cares. we can't come back to the square. Ben is definitely going to. Oh, he's to holding a grudge, yeah. To use it. He's going to use it to his advantage because he needs to yeah. and he wants to and but he likes to. I don't think like anyone actually has any malice or hatred towards Martin and Stacey. No. So why are they away other than the maternity leave? I was going to say, <laughs> just for the maternity leave. Duh. Duh. It wasn't just Martin returning this week. We had the return of Dot and Dotty. That sounds great in a Geordie accent, doesn't it? <laughs> Dot and Dotty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what accent I just did there. Say where I you feel from? like little mix, you know. <laughs> but yes, we had Dotty come back. Now, let's just remember her crowning moment. Dottie threw Tiffany into a bin. I mean, that is just brilliant. So we can expect that Dottie's oh, going to be are, up to evil. They are clashing already. Yeah, I see a Keegan attempt affair or something. Like, not not that he would attempt one. <laughs> that oh, but Dottie you know what Dottie's like. will try. I feel like Dottie might even get up to more sinister stuff. Maybe, you know, manipulate the two of them. Well, she's back in time for Halloween. That's true. And they always need a good villain for Halloween. And she is the daughter of Nick Cotton. The so m- The most evilest person in the square. What do we expect? <laughs> so true. But we didn't just have returnees. We had newcomers as well, didn't That's we? That's true. A couple of brothers up to no good on the square. Yes, Ben Mitchell's dodgy dealings and car thefts have finally caught up with him. And now we've gotten the arrival of two of the three new brothers that are coming onto the square. We have Karat, a very well-established businessman, and he's very dapper and smart-looking. And we have Jags, who... He was the Billy Mitchell of his family. Yes. (laughs) He lacks his older brother's style, um, to say the least, and also seems to be going for um, a win in the detective agency since he managed to find Ben... From just a pair of sunglasses. Well, firstly, that was strange. Yeah. Secondly, how weird is it that they all just feel it's okay to find someone's house and just walk into their doors? Oh my god! Just yes. like, hello, I've arrived. It's not. This like, isn't my house. Do you know what I feel like? You know when old people go, "Oh, it was good days back then. It was happier days. You could always leave your doors unlocked." That's what EastEnders <laughs> looks like. All their doors are unlocked. Everyone just walks in out of them. The only doors I've ever seen people open off the latch has been the Slate as residents yeah. and Phil Mitchell. <laughs> They're the only people who open their doors before people enter. Well, then again, the back door of Phil's house always gets opened. And if you think about people it... just walk in there. Ian Beale really needs to lock his door. Yeah, he definitely does. He has people coming in and out all the time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but yes, so they broke into Ben's house on the assumption that he stole this car all from just the fact that he had sunglasses. <laughs> I mean, they didn't look unique. I, I mean, please. you could have got there in TK Maxx, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, sorry, how have they tracked him down first and foremost? Yeah, because he was actually living at Phil's. It was only that day he decided to yes. move back to Ian's. How did they know he was at Ian's? How did they then find out that those were definitely the same glasses? <laughs> I mean, Detective Denise is, you know, something else, but this is like the worst detectiveing <laughs> I've ever seen. That's not even a word, but this is like not CSI at all. Can you imagine... Well, yes, those sunglasses look like sunglasses I have. So you clearly stole my car. (laughs) With that logic, everyone will be in jail. Do you know what I mean? 
And I can't believe they interrupted Ben having these crisps and having a great time watching oh, the TV. I know. Ben's That's just rude. a relaxy day. He's had a hard blooming week, but I definitely think we're going to say much more from them in the future. Oh, absolutely. Well, we've got their third brother to arrive yet. That's true. So, speaking of Ben, this has been a very heavy Ben and Callum week. It really has. Yes. Big one for the Ballam fans. Yes. Oh my God, shout out to all the Ballam fans because that seems to be the like power couple at the moment, isn't it? Like EastEnders power couple. It's Ballam. <laughs> 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 I love that. And it at first, at the beginning of this week, it looked like it was going to be doomed because of all of the shenanigans where people were like telling Ben that he was a terrible human being. Sometimes he can be. Well, you know, he did kill Heather. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Not bringing up the past or anything. Sometimes he can make bad decisions. Although that was a different Ben. True, <laughs> true. Different Ben. Totally different Ben. And, you know, Ben then also has really lovely moments. Like, he's been very nice with his daughter at the minute, and we've had lots of, of, of nice little moments here and there, scattered throughout his entire history. I mean, you know, he's not all bad. But he had been warned off, and... Then Ben decides he's going to ruin his own date. I did love the end of that episode when they had dancing on my own plane as Ben oh. was sat there. <laughs> like, you know how I feel about music, but yeah, that yeah, yeah. bit was funny. Perfect, perfect addition right there. I was like, oh, those lyrics, yes. I thought it was horrible, though, when, like, I knew that he was going to ruin the date, right? Oh, yeah, because we'd read about it. We yeah. knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. It was worse than I thought it would be. I thought he was just going to not make an effort, but instead he starts necking on and, like, snogging some other guy's face off. He I was, was like, odd. Oh, yeah, that was not a good person to pick instead of Callum, by the way. Um, no offence to the extra. But... Um, <laughs> but it was just so devastating. I was like, oh, don't do this, Ben. No. And don't. then the next day, Callum just steps up. Yeah, he's just like, nah, not going to have this. You might be trying to push me away, but I'm going to fight for my man. We did have some help from Lola. Yes, we've got to give a shout out to Lola. Because like, she was on our Hero of the Week list as well, wasn't she? She was for yes. this exact reason. Because she not only coined a fabulous phrase, baby gays, where she came up with that, I mean, it's not like, you know, <laughs> she slept with one gay man and now she's the walking homosexual encyclopedia. But <laughs> she is fabulous in making that saying and gives um, Callum a bit of advice. She's just like, no, Ben pushes people away when he likes them. Don't uh, don't forget like all of his other fights with his ex-boyfriend, um, Paul. And they were always on and off. And I really like that Lola was the one who saved the day. Yeah, I like that she went in and she was like, look, Callum, he likes you. Yeah. But I have to say, the way she talks about baby gays, it's not as if you're like, you know, starting at a new job or something. It's not like you're interning. <laughs> the way she was like, oh, you just don't know anything, dears. I'm like, Lola, are you a gay man? Yeah, I was so confused by it. It was it. so weird. I was like, like, how do you know all this and yet... It's just like a gay Yoda no all of a sudden. Does. You know that like... The bit in before that where Ben goes, I'm not going to be the gay Dumbledore to your gay Harry Potter. Oh, Lola yeah. became the gay Dumbledore oh, to Callum's gay Harry Potter. She did. She gave him like the wisdom there, didn't she? Go out and get your man kind of thing. Also, I loved it. when Ben was fighting with Callum, saying strange stuff and how he didn't want to be with him. Oh yeah, that was What horrible. was the whole thing about the joint gym membership? <laughs> I didn't even know you could get joint gym memberships. Well, I looked it up and actually nowhere around us does them. So, uh, okay, so why not get them on then? No. Okay. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dream crusher. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, who would buy a joint gym membership? I didn't yeah. get that. No, neither do I. 
Big question. Does anyone know anywhere that does do them? Because I am so intrigued about them. <laughs> That's just weird to me. I don't understand why you would want one. But after Lola saves the day and after the, like, Ben obviously has tried to put a kibosh on all of this. Um, is it kibosh or kibosh? <laughs> I think I've just murdered that word. I don't have um, a clue. Anyway, it just destroys the, the chances of them getting together and getting their dual gym membership. And then Lola tries to save the day, patch things up. We got some fabulous little lines from his interactions with Jay. Oh, and Jay, what oh. a legend. I mean, they're all having these heartful moments, but Jay has the revelation of all revelations. Yes. He gets heat rash in the sun. <laughs> I'm I so happy I know that. that. I love when EastEnders does that. We've got all these big moments happening and then someone just says a line like that and you're just like, fabulous. And Jay's one of the best characters to say that kind of thing. Yeah, he is. It's I such just a love Jay him. thing to say. <sighs> I would so put some cream on Jay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've got this weird little crush on him. I always have. I wow, there's a revelation in itself. I know, I know. Is he on our current hunks list then? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Um, then Callum comes and barges into the pub, demands that Ben take him seriously, says that he knows what he wants, he doesn't need a gay Dumbledore. And he calls himself a baby gay. And he says he's a baby gay. <laughs> in the middle of the Queen Vic. <laughs> Fabulous. And then he basically says to his dad, when his horrible dad turns up, that he is gay. He comes out, he says, no, look, I'm going to prove to everyone and to Ben that I'm serious about this. And, you know, I don't care what you think. You, you know, you're no one in my life. You've dragged me down. You made me feel like, you know, rubbish and stuff like that. I love how Whitney stood up as well. Yes. Got to give a shout out to Whit because she did say that classic line uh, where she's like, this uh, piece of meat or something like that has a, a good right hook or something like that, doesn't she? I love that. She didn't have to do that because... She has yes. every right to still to be, be angry, angry yeah. which is not. And I think that's great. I think it's great that uh, that is Whitney, though. Whitney yeah. doesn't hold grudges. Now, I love that that is who she is. She's all she's been consistent throughout all of these days. Yeah, she's never changed. Yeah. And then, obviously, Callum's massive outing of himself was fabulous. He really stood up for himself um, with and the help of everyone else around him. Phil Mitchell really delivered. Oh, my God. When Phil just walks in and gives Jono a prop by slapping down. That's like, what we all wanted. Go on, Phil. Go Phil on. Phil was literally every EastEnders Balam fan. Uh, that was the Balam fandom coming for like Jono the minute that he was like, you're disgusting. I did love Ben when he was like, did you also see the sexual tension between oh, our dads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a weird coupling. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm invested in that. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Jill fan. <laughs> 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 but now we've finally gotten Balam, and now they're finally enjoying themselves. So after Phil punched Jono, which was fantastic, that was not good for Sharon. No, or Mel. Because that meant Portugal would have to wait. <gasps> no! Because for some bizarre reason, the police decided to just keep Phil's passport. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I'm not, like, going to say that I'm, like, an expert in this or, or anything by any means, but, like, is that normal procedure, like, for a, a claimed assault? I mean, because at this point, Phil's not actually been charged with anything. Yeah, and there were so many witnesses of what happened Who? and what Jono was doing. Yeah. And I'm so confused. Like, I know they know he was going away. Maybe that's why they took it. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's odd. Why did they keep it for so long? I just don't understand. Was that just for the storyline? Yeah, I think that that's a bit of 
storyline magic because to me i've never ever heard of someone being suspected of such a a minor crime with only one witness as well which is john (laughs) who's saying that it's happened then being told that they can't leave the country i mean that's like what they say to people who've like murdered and like committed horrific crimes (laughs) they're not going to shut the borders down for phil mitchell because he's punched a hole before i mean we know phil's done a whole lot worse yeah I mean, they suspect him of murdering Lisa. They didn't take his passport off him then. I just love that Jack's gone back into the police and he's trying to do good things and Sharon's totally abusing it. Yeah. Like, I need you to find out this. I need you to do this. I, I need th- Phil's passport. I, I need just, to go to Portugal. I love this Portugal blackmail saga. I like, love it. It's just spiralling out of control now. You've got flipping Mel taking all of Sharon's and Phil's money. She's having Sharon be like a real estate agent for her over in Portugal, trying to find them a villa to live in. I just love But I'm sure Lisa would do a very good job. Yeah, Lisa would always know where to live. She knows her way around there. Money, remember? You don't need money, Mel. You don't need any money. We'll just go into Portugal. We'll live on the streets. This whole thing with Portugal. I absolutely love it. I love now that even Jack, who has just (laughs) started back at work and is struggling to get around computers and and all of these things. He's just starting to get back to work. And Sharon's like... Sharon's calling the favours. Yeah. <laughs> She's now like, come on, Jack. I need my passport back so we can get in Portugal. How good was it when Phil gave her that envelope and she screamed with joy and it turned out it was for a spa weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but she thought it was his passport. I love that so much. I love it. I love that she paid Denny as well to like lie <laughs> to Phil. that's like it's getting like out of control now just do you know what at this point damage control wise sharon could just come clean like yes there's gonna be a major fallout but come on she's cheating with phil's own brother and he doesn't give it like give that much of a toss oh Uh, sorry the other way around she was with grant and cheated with phil but you know what i mean like yeah and i'm thinking well it's gonna come out eventually just just own it now because i'm sure it's mel If Mel came up to you and said that, would you believe her? Probably not. No, she's crazy. Phil also hates her. Mel and Phil hate each other. Why would he believe her anyway? Just let her do it. Yeah. Save your time, save your money. Have a rest, Sharon. And it's like you say, that dodgy DNA site, there's no definite proof that that is 100% I'm sorry, she'd done it all herself and then done it online. Also. It's not going to come out accurate. Also, they can test DNA, right, of like, children in utero like infants but i'm fairly certain that it's not without risks and often it has to be like done professionally you can't just take a piece of someone's hair and stuff and send it off and it was really hard because both of the potential fathers are bald exactly okay connor so i'm going to test your knowledge on eastenders tenable style oh my god i'm terrified this is like me on Feel or No Feel Week. I was like, I don't want to get anything wrong. Help me. <laughs> so, Tenable is a show on ITV. Okay. It's great. I love it. And on Friday, clearly an old episode. Right. When you hear the date, uh, they had top 10 EastEnders characters by number of appearances from start date to 2016. So, you're going to oh. have to cast your mind back a okay. bit. Okay. So I'm not making it easy. Normally they have this overrule button or they can ask a teammate. Now, obviously, as I'm the only one here and I have the answers, you're not going to get that luxury. (laughs) You don't have to do it one to ten. Okay. You can say a name and I'll tell you the position they were at. And one of them absolutely threw me. So, uh, yeah, good luck. Say some names. I'll let you know. Okay. Well, the first name that comes to mind, 
probably one of the most obvious, Phil Mitchell. Number one spot. Well done. Second would have to be Ian Beale. Yes. I just went with the ones who have never actually left the show properly. Yeah. Like, that's how I thought of it. <laughs> the like, first two, I was like, it's going to be Ian and Phil when I was watching it. My third one, now this might not be right, Dot Cotton. She is there, but she's number four. Right. So you are correct, but it's just one down. Oh. Well, my number four would have been Pat Butcher. She's number three. Oh! <laughs> I've got the wrong order. Oh. Um, number five, Peggy Mitchell. No way. Shut up. Did you actually look at my notes no, before no. I came? No. Because I went away upstairs for a bit when you were writing these. I'm not convinced now. Oh my God, really? <laughs> Don't know, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I feel so proud. <laughs> I feel so proud. Oh my God, if anyone can see your face right now, you're like literally I'm like, buzzing. I'm actually buzzing. Because I just said, I'll write down all of my thoughts first yeah. so that I don't, I don't get scrambled or don't forget any of the names. And that way I can also make sure that I've got 10 names. <laughs> you know, not get to like nine and forget. But yeah, that's the, the order I've got. Look, I'll show you. Well, I'll not Actually, show you don't yet, show us. Because it's got me other answers. <laughs> yeah. So the next one I had, this could be wrong. Pauline Fowler. No. That's it. Shut up. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> Do you know why? Because I just thought, well, she's been in it since like nearly the beginning. Oh my God. Oh my God. Number seven? Dan Watts. Oh no, he's no. not on the list. Is he not? So my number eight spot, which now because of the Den one, I'm now not so confident on either. Sharon Watts. Yes, number eight, Sharon, yes. Oh, yay. My number nine was Kathy Beale. No, not on the list. Nah, see, that's what I thought I was going to slip up on because I thought back when you said 2016. Yeah, she went and uh, she faked was, her death. Yeah, she was fake yeah. death by then, wasn't she? She was pretended to be dead. My last one, I had to think back to other characters who were like on the square around the same time as Ian and stuff. And so I went for Mark Fowler. No, not on the list. Not on the list. Well, I've lost. I think it's amazing, right? <laughs> you got them in. <laughs> such a good order that is insane that that like, creeped me out i couldn't believe that i got you done well done, Pat, did i you've done so well technically if it was actual show you'd have probably won oh wow only if you didn't gamble oh well i don't gamble so i'll win <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear who number seven was yes do tell it's your favorite character billy mitchell oh billy mitchell do you know that's that's why I didn't even factor him in because you know that I just think of him as like, I am Peggy Mitchell's mindset, you know, when she's like, you're the runt of the letter to him. That's kind of how I feel about Billy Mitchell. I'm sorry. Love the actor, but not my cup of tea. Number nine was the one where I went, what? Ricky Butcher. Oh. I know. Of course. I didn't even think when I was watching it. Yes, because he had like numerous episodes where it was like specials as well. And he also came back for yeah, that I, whole period. That totally skipped my mind when I was playing along. And oh, then I was that like, does ah. make sense. No, that does make sense. And number 10, our hero, Sonia. Oh, Sonia. How did that know How that? How did you forget Sonia? See, Sonia was just in my mind all week. So I think it's just skipped me, skipped me brain. True, she's always in the back of your mind. <laughs> She's always just there. You were always on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, congratulations. Wow, you that was fun. You haven't won anything. Fab. <laughs> because we ate hear. everything. Yeah, ate all of the brownies. I've won some crumbs. <laughs> congratulations. Now it's time for New Kids on the Block. Ooh. This is in honour of our newcomers this week. 
And of course, we've got a couple of returns in this in honour of a couple of returnees. Yes, I think we needed to shine a little bit of a light on all our favourite newcomers and their fabulous first impressions. I mean, who can forget when the slate has pulled up in that van (laughs) and blocked (laughs) Ethel's funeral? (laughs) That was perfect newcomer moment wasn't it that solidified it all oh they've never even changed since no. then no i mean look they made look, an impact right there look at the first thing when they're driving up and like um it's lynn she's going oh they've got a chip shop a boogies a boogies they've got um a laundrette a, a laundrette you'll like that mo you'll well be in your element gary you know like all these little lines and then gary goes oh they've got a boozer as well it's a full house i mean like that is just brilliant like that is brilliant slate at moments that was them at their best and that totally solidified their appearance. The, I mean, who could forget more? <laughs> Which you can't get in the door. Yeah. She goes, I now declare the Slater's residence officially open. She goes to open the door and can't open it. Then she gives Pat the stare oh, down. Oh, and Pat's also given her like some sort of death oh, glare. Oh, yes. Loved of, it. Because of all their past. Ooh, I love that. I love when she says to Pat at one point, and who are you, you old prodigy? <laughs> 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 I love them together. And so that, to me, is one of my favouritest new arrivals. Another classic family that is dear to my heart has to be the arrival of the Millers. (laughs) I mean, mean, their moment when they come in and open the back of that van and there's Keith Miller. You might not remember him that well, but he was... You know, very iconic in his own right. He was always sitting in that chair. (laughs) You have him pull up in the back of that van on his dirty, horrible chair. I just love that. He's got flipping Christmas trees around him and things like that. And Sonia and Martin are waiting for their mattress to arrive. (laughs) Because Sonia, in the middle of the day, wants to lie down. She's really tired. She's really tired. And there they are, the Millers. Oh. With the mattress. Stealing a mattress. Which brings you on to the greatest character ever, Pauline Fowler, basically charging into their house. I love that. She knocked on their door, mind you, then charged in. So we should tell um, them to get their dirty rags off <laughs> it. <laughs> get your dirty sheets off of my mattress. What mattress? As she pulls it up. I love that. And in honour of Dottie returning, yeah. Martin returning, we've got to think about the time Bianca returned. Yes. But with... The children. With all the new arrivals. God, it was we like... We had Whitney, we had Tiff. It was it like was a Morgan, scene out of Annie. Liam. It was like a scene out of Oliver Twist or Annie or something, wasn't it? You just had all these like street urchins sleeping in a bus shelter at one point. Then they all just congregate inside Pat's little house. But I just loved the trailer they done to it. Oh, yes. That was so good. Can we bring back the character trailers? Oh, I love those. There have been so many good trailers. Do you remember the Sharon one as well? When she was Hurricane back? Sharon. Like he wind's blowing everyone ev- everywhere. Then you've got Bianca's return. They're all Ricky. iconic. Oh. Bring them back. When he, she's like, Ricky! And all the Queen Vic just explodes. And then you have the... The classic, like, um, Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, like, song, d- yeah, dancing, like, where all, all of our Jackson kids are dancing. Jackson 5. Fabulous. So Can they please bring one of those trailers for the new brothers? Like, if EastEnders producers or whatever are listening in, no, not saying they probably are, but, like, <laughs> if, you, if you happen to be listening in, please, If you're wasting some time today. <laughs> please make a trailer with the, like, music behind it for the new brothers who are coming. 
Yeah, because I feel like it gets you to know the characters. Just that little bit more like you're like, oh, yeah. I want to see them. It gets yeah. me excited. It's like seeing the Coca-Cola advert for Christmas. <gasps> God, that'll be on soon. <gasps> I can't wait. So we have something very exciting starting next week. Yes, I can't wait. And in true EastEnders style, we're going to be celebrating it for quite a while. Yes. Well, what are we celebrating? We are celebrating Halloween. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, starting next week, all the way until Halloween, we will be celebrating all things creepy and spooky around Walford. What have we got coming up? We've got going ghost hunting in Walford. Yes, me and Emma are going to be tracking down some of those old ghosts and maybe communicating with one or two of them. We've also got a brand new jingle that's going to only be out and is written again by us and sang by us, but it's only going to be available on these Halloween episodes. So you've got to tune in to hear it. And we've also got a few little scarier segments. We've got things like historic Halloween episodes that we're going to revisit and discuss. We've got Seven Deadliest Sinners of Warfad, where we look at the seven most evilest people to ever walk across that square. And, you know, a little visit to Warfad's Worsts and the Witches of EastEnders. Of course, we will still have your weekly roundup, your Hero of the Week and your Slapping Den of the Week. But the rest of it will be Halloween-centric. So this week, Hero of the Week has been changed slightly, hasn't it, Emma? Yes, we finally entered the Twitter world. (laughs) Finally arrived. Finally arrived. It's only took us how many weeks? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we let you decide who our Hero of the Week was and who needed a slapping day. Yes. So first, we're going to talk about your Hero of the Week. So this week's Hero of the Week... I mean, as if it was ever going to be anyone else, it's Callum. He won with 68% of the vote. Very impressive. Some voracious Ballum fans out there. (laughs) (laughs) Ballum fans are going in. Yeah. But he did deserve it. He did. He had a big week. He finally said his feelings in front of the whole Vic and his dad. Yeah. He, you know, stood up to Ben's like, you know, belligerent, I don't like you anymore like that was just all rubbish but he stood up to it and made sure that ben changed his mind gave him a shot he you know stood up to his dad and totally put him in his place and then came out as well it's been a very big callum week for him and he had a lovely little smile on his face for he stuffed off on was was it tuesday yeah oh that that was the best and he's been through a lot as well so i think that little smile was needed so Callum becomes our rating system for this week, True. and you'll find out a bit more about what we think of the episodes after our slapping den. Do you want to know who that went to? <gasps> who needs a slapping down this week, Emma? Well, it only went to Callum's dad, Jono, with 58% of the vote. <laughs> as if that was ever going to be anyone else I as know. well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man literally went in, said the most homophobic lines ever, um, stole a dress, was really derogatory towards Whitney and then also like was hideous to his son. So it's obviously going to be Jono. <laughs> and I totally agree with you all. Yes. And I like the fact Phil 
did actually give him a slapping down. It's like Phil's tuning in. It's like Phil's tuned in and thought, I'm going to give Jono a slapping down. But real life one. he is. (gasps) He's a Mitchell after all. Oh my God, imagine. And Ben is the original. Slapping down. down. Yeah. So you're learning from his dad. See? So, Callum is our rating system. Yes. How many Callums would you give this week's episodes? Well, since Callum is our hero, the rating has to be five Callums for this week. I absolutely, once again, loved this week. It had, you know, conclusion, well, sort of a conclusion to the Balam saga. That kind of all came to a head and, and it's finally reached the place that everyone wanted it to, where they're now a couple. Love that. Some fabulous moments um, with Lola and with uh, other little minor characters here and there. But also we had the phenomenal performance of Bex and all of the the drama and the sadness that we all got to see and how that all crescendoed. It was fabulous. It was sad, but fabulous. And I really enjoyed this week. I would also give it five Callums. And I think about this time of year, you think maybe they might just leave some storylines mm. and kind of wait for Later on. Halloween and Christmas is coming up, mm. obviously. Oh my God, big one. But... We've had Bex, we've had the Balam storyline, mm. we've still got the blackmail, which oh, we love. I love that. But they've all been really well done, and I would definitely say it's five Callums from me. This week's episode was sponsored by Lola's Gay Encyclopedia. Order now so you can learn the difference between your baby gays and your gay Dumbledores. Remember, if you want to get involved with E20, why not follow us on Twitter at E20Podcast or Instagram at E20 underscore podcast. Or you could go old school and email us and we are E20Podcast at Outlook.com. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.